Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen, and I'm joined by Q-Tip. Hey, Chopper Pete, Q-Tip Quinnell. Hi, guys. Yes, another nickname that's apparently sticking. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we saw yesterday on Quizzlemania. What a great Quizzlemania it was as well. If you haven't checked it out over on Parts of Unknown, you should do so. Or Listen to the podcast version if you're an audio sort of chap or chapette. Uh, great Quizzlemania. Nugget, uh, Louis Dangor's <laughs> new name, got over like a house on fire. Got over <laughs> like one for me. It was quite the eventful show. Lots happened. We learned that Louis had never had a KFC or a Burger King, which was, you know, a travesty. Stunning. A stunning yeah. revelation. Also, Absolutely stunning. He is, the, he is the world's most boring man when the question, <laughs> what is your favourite video game franchise? <laughs> Folks, the question was, what is your favourite video game franchise? Just think about that. Think about all the video game franchises there are. Thousands of them. Millions, maybe. His answer was FIFA. His answer was FIFA, Pete. It's like someone saying Call of Duty. It's like... <laughs> but at least those Even those games... <laughs> you can at least make the argument, though. Those games are slightly different. Like, with each one... Uh... Hey, uh, Pete, Pete, you get new guns in them. Like, <laughs> the guns in Modern Warfare are different to one of the other Call of Duties. You know what I mean? Like, in mm-hmm. FIFA, it's the same shoes. It's the same feet that are doing the same kicking. It's the same teams. <laughs> the same goals it's the same that'll be boxes. 60 quid please <laughs> brand new game ea you've done it again <laughs> flawless like, like for real though like i'm you know in my uh in my spare time i do a retro game uh podcast uh called under consultation we're reviewing this old tv show from the uk called games master and this is in a period before fifa it's before ea released fifa international soccer in 94 93 94 
So I'm living, in, I'm currently living in a world pre-FIFA. So EA's big thing is John Madden, right? Because I've got the John Madden <laughs> NFL games. And in series one, they review Madden 93. And they're like, oh, Madden 93. What an excellent game. It's absolutely brilliant. Then Madden 94 comes out the following year. And it's reviewed in series two. And in that review, in a show that was released in 1993, they were like, it's the same game as last year. Like, if you've yeah. got last year's game, there really is no need to buy this one. And I was like, bloody hell, things did not change, did they? And the, it's, people still get suckered into it. Yeah. I mean, even remarkably, when they are making the same game, even when it's stuff like 2K, who are making the same WWE game every year, they still somehow got it wrong with 2K20. Oh, yeah. And I don't understand Great, how yeah. that happened. No, sure. I, I mean, with 2K, at least you could argue that you know it was a different engine this time because the engine people sort of left and they had to rebuild a new engine and didn't know how to, clearly, because they broke it and yeah. uh, then released a broken game and asked you to pre-order it to get the fiend remember when people <laughs> took me to task online for saying that the mm -hmm. pre-ordered bonus was absolute nonsense people were like yeah. well we're going to get the game anyway it's going to be good we know it's going to be good where are you now eh where are yeah. you now exactly fools all of them anyway should we talk about AEW um, yeah uh, before we start getting angry emails in from people who absolutely love FIFA and think it's quote a good game anyway here's the episode of AEW. uh two big bits of news cody's back uh and is miro injured here is the show big big news coming out of this week's aew dynamite and that news is cody is back he got laid out by uh Brody lee and the dark order ages ago like like five weeks ago it was you know before all out he got got taken out so much so that cody wasn't even on all out dustin had to you know find his place in that six-man tag and Brody uh beat orange cassidy retained the title over him in well in a match we'll talk about in the actual review portion of this um and then afterwards the lights go out the music starts playing and out comes Cody Rhodes. Or is it that lad from Lazy Town? What was his name? <laughs> Robbie Rotten. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like Robbie Rotten. So Cody has, he's ditched the blonde highlights because Miro stole his look. So he's like, well, got to get rid of those now. But they were putting this over as um, Cody is this more darker edge Cody. It's the dark side Cody. Um, someone has just said in the comments there, Luke looks so awake. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sleepy boy today. Yeah, no, both of us are very oh, sleepy. Very sleepy today. It was a long quizzlemania, folks. Um, yeah, so Cody came out and he battled with the Dark Order. Brody Lee absolutely sort of like pegged it to the back. He beat up a load of them, get, put one of them in the figure four. And yeah, the commentators were really hammering home this idea that this is Dark Side Cody. This is a meaner Cody. This is a Cody we've not seen before. It was a really, really, it was a good return. Yes, it was. It was solid. He uh, came out and he beat up some of the members of the Dark Order. He looked kind of like happy doing it. Um, he was a little bit, had a little bit of a crazy laugh going on uh, while he was doing it. So yeah, they, they really put over this new sadistic side of Cody. Uh, I really missed the blonde on Cody. Didn't think yeah. I would. Do you know what? It's weird. When he first went to the Indies and he did the bleach blonde look, I remember everyone going like, oh, that looks weird, mate. Mm -hmm. uh, Cody, you've made quite the error there. That looks really, really silly. We all just got used to it. 
and now he's gone back to like his dark hair that we know we got so used to seeing him do in WWE. I, he looks like a different person. Like he, looks, he really like, does. Oh, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not sure about this actually. Like, yeah, the chat saying there, blonde did look better. Yeah, it did. And weirdly, like this shaved off like ten years of his age, and I don't think in a good way. Like he looks mm. like too young now at this point. It was really strange. Like it was a weird look for me. I was like, is that Cody? You, has he has he not been replaced by someone else? Like the same kind of Avril Lavigne theory going on. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, he, he uh, please, very please, solid. Tell us, tell, us, tell us more about this Avril Lavigne. <laughs> what that she died and was replaced with someone very early in her career? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, Cody came out, beat him all up, as he said. Brody uh, led it to the back, and then Brody afterwards as well cut an awesome promo straight oh afterwards. Uh, yeah. Cut to the back, Anna Jay uh, snatches the mic away from um, uh, it was it it's Dasha that's Dasha. back there, isn't it? Um, and uh, yeah, hands it to Brody, who just goes off on one, just being like, how dare you come back uh, and getting someone else to do your work for you. <laughs> That's what he does. Um, uh, just saying, you know, you sent Dustin out there. Remember, we beat up your whole family. Why are you coming back? Here's the dog collar. I'm going to put this around your neck and that stupid tattoo you've got. Genuinely, I can't even remember the words he said. But I know they were great because he had so much fire and passion behind him. It was crazy. Like, I was so, like, <gasps> on every word he was saying. He had such, like, incredible presence from his, his promo style. It was awesome. It was so, so great. It almost feels like... Um, so Brody has been getting a lot of praise uh, from, you know, people who are watching AEW, critics and fans of everything. And like, wow, what a great promo he is. Like, what an amazing promo Brody is. Can't, um, can't even imagine that WWE had him under contract for nearly a decade. And his main gimmick was, you don't talk, because he's such a good promo. And now Eddie Kingston's come into it. And everyone's like, whoa, what a promo this Kingston guy is. The producer's like... No, mind, but I'm the I, I do the good promos. You all like my promos. So he was like, right, well, f you lot. I'm gonna go out there and cut this X. And this was a what a great night of promos it was. Um, but yeah, because Kingston had this wicked promo at the start of the show. But Brody Man was just uh, like on literal fire was in this promo. Literal venom. Lit absolutely. There were flames <laughs> behind him and everything. <laughs> was on actual fire. It was like Jr. Arr, arr. <laughs> It was, yeah, a wicked, wicked promo. Looks like we're building towards a dog collar match, which, um, uh, you know, yeah. hey, do you know what Cody likes? The 80s. He bloody loves uh, 80s wrestling, Southern yeah. wrestling, and it, it's a very, very Cody thing to do. So, yeah, That's I, true. I, I, get it. I get it. And do you know what else Cody likes to do? He really likes to overbook his big his big matches. And you know who's got a lot of members that could get involved? Bloody Dark Order, isn't it? <laughs> so, got loads <laughs> of tools you can work with there, Cody absolutely oh, yeah but yeah, yeah no. like you like you said i think this was a, a good return like i think mm -hmm. you know it's one of those returns that with the big crowd this would have been like it would have been brilliant because you'd have had like the lights go out and like the big stage reveal thing i thought this crowd was quite hot today um mm -hmm. it, particularly for miro like early on like they were really really into it um but it felt like they weren't it wasn't like the, the big big sort of return I, I think we kind of almost have forgotten what a big return feels like like I wanted to, you know, that you could have made the title of this podcast "Big Wrestling Return," but it doesn't feel like a big wrestling return. It just feels like E is back now. 
Yeah, exactly. It, speaking of which, just coincidentally, uh, when I was uh, putting the news video up earlier today, one of the recommended videos that I just clicked on before I left was uh, Kevin Owens returning at NXT TakeOver War Games. Um, mm-hmm. That pop, oh my God, it's so good. And then I'm just listening to that and I'm like, yeah, it was a great return, but it wasn't that though, was it? It was like that the crowd in that just makes it so much better and having you know that sort of pop for that kind of return. Obviously, it's not going to be on the same level as Kevin Owens back to NXT versus Cody Rhodes being gone for five weeks. But um, it still would have, I think, would have made it more impactful, uh, especially to the viewers at home. Uh, And speaking of making things more impactful to the viewers at home, JR, sort it out, mate. Um, When he... When uh, As soon as the lights cut out, this epic promo starts playing and uh, all the rest of the commentators are like, wait, what is this? What's going on? Is this some sort of ploy by Dark Order? What's happening here? And then JR just goes, what a great show. What a great night we got got tonight, guys. It's like, yeah, get into the moment, JR. Come on, man. We had we had full on salty JR for tonight. My favorite moment, uh, the one that really made me laugh was when Kenny Omega came out for commentary and JR goes, nice to see you've dressed for the occasion. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> he came out, there's like white t-shirt and black shorts, a lot of me. And uh, yeah. yeah, JR was just like, nice to see you dressed for the occasion. Yeah, a lot of salty JR on this show. Um, mm-hmm. We actually, if you want to hear us talk a bit more about JR, we've actually recorded, we've already recorded the podcast intro and outro, the audio version of this show. Talk a little bit about JR there, salty JR, and probably why I don't think he should be. I think uh, the pair of us probably think that he probably shouldn't be the uh, the lead commentator for WWE, although Chopper AEW. Pete, what did I say? wwe i mean he shouldn't be that either but um <laughs> yeah yeah um but it's it's q-tip over there with the hottest of the takes when uh he oh. says in the show spoilers for the podcast outro he thinks michael cole is a better commentator than jr in the year 2020 just gonna no put... no that's not what you said you just that, 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 like, that's overall, what i said like... <laughs> in 2020 michael cole is a better commentator than JR, and I will stick to that. At me. Fight me, everybody. He <laughs> is. You know it's true. Uh, yeah, it's. Good. I'm glad to see Cody back um, and get it back into that TNT title picture. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that will like, sort of reinvigorate the TNT title picture again. So that will be... Uh, I think that would be really good. Also, Dog Collar Match will hide his terrible tattoo. That's so, true. Um, I, I wonder if they'll save that for the anniversary show. That's when they'll... Uh, do that, you know, the ones coming at the end of October. I think that's probably when they'll end up doing that rather than waiting until full gear. Yeah, probably, yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Funknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Funknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Let's give some shout outs to our $25 and above backers on Patreon. Hey, you crazy kids, they're there at the $25 and above backers. You know what you're getting tomorrow? Ho, ho, ho. Wrestle Talk After Dark is what you're getting tomorrow. It's going to be me. It's going to be Q-Tip. It's going to be Blompier. And we're going to talk nonsense for about an hour and a half to two hours. I'm actually going to get some beers in this time. I'm going to have some beers while we do it. I'm really looking forward to just chatting the breeze with you guys. Um, we ask our Patreon, our $10 patrons, to just suggest any random topic. And we just talk. It could be anything from our favorite crisps. Uh, Desert Island crisps was a, was a good one that we've done. A lot of people always asking about video game stuff. So if you just want to hear us talk about probably non-wrestling stuff, you're going to really enjoy Wrestle Talk Duck. Also, gets a bit blue. It gets a bit blue in the old chat as well because swearing is allowed. Mm. Um, and $25 backers get a shout out on the show. Lots, uh, a bit like manipulating Manny Umaria. Ooh, yes, thank you very much. Living in the past, Kieran Pryor. Woo. Very good. Good gag, Dad. One of my favorite guys, he's been on a stream with me, Xander Mania Running Wild. A good Woo, guy. Yes. Love Xander. Jim Possible Prendergast. Woo! Yes. Thank Jim Possible. Probably funnier than Seth, Matt McFarlane. That's not difficult. That's, uh, that's actually <laughs> dead easy. Definitely not Daniel Odon backwards, Modo Lanad. Woo! Very Thank good. Uh, Benjamin, always the bridesmaid, never the McBride. Hey, there it is. Good gag, that, mate. Thank you. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. Woo! Yes, Thank yes. you. Pledge hammer power, hero in a half shell. Woo! Thank, Thank you very, very much. Good. The D John Mustard. Woo! Thank you very Never much. Gets old. Never gets old, that one. Hey, here's a good guy. Super kick, Nick Mazesco. Woo! What a guy. 
Thank you. One of my new favorite Pledge Hammer names, Nick Bitchin Kitchen. Woo! Thank you. Bitchin Kitchen sounds like it should be a Netflix show. Like, <laughs> welcome to Bitchin Kitchen. I'm Guy Fieri. <laughs> Let's get a flavor I'd, town. I'd be, I'd be shocked if that wasn't already a show it somewhere in the world. Right? Yeah. Speaking of which, new episodes of The Chef Show are on Netflix. Yes, love Chef Show. Uh, where do we get to? Um, Rip and Liam Tear. Doom references. That's what I like to see the Pledge Hammer shoutouts, Pete. This guy right here, Doom references. The Fresh Princeton, El Ganey. Thank you very much. <laughs> the Pharaoh, Steve Mazzaferro. Hey, That's good. See? That's good. Thank you very much. The good bad guy, Bryant Heath. Woo, thank you very, very much. Nice. I, don't, I don't know why I said that. Stuff. Like there were more people afterwards. Because there aren't. <laughs> that was the last one. That is the last one. Anyway, let's get into your soup, soup, super chat. Sorry, um, just before just before we do, I've just seen in the chat, everyone just goes, oh my God, are you high? That's so wrong. And then everyone's gone, you know what? He's not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, initial yeah, reaction was like, no way. And then people be true. like, you know what? It's kind of true. not wrong. <laughs> it's true. You know what, Q-tip? You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That sounds right, right. Uh, right, yeah, so Soup Soup Super Chats, get in your Soup Chat. Uh, we will be reading them throughout the show. We'll get to each and every one of them before this show is out. Up first from Gabriel Caruso, who says, I think that Cody return overshadowed the Cassidy lost. After a great match with tons of interference, they're really protecting Orange Cassidy, even though Brody beat him to a pulp. Ah, Pulp, pulp, get it? It's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. very right. good. Uh, yeah, it, I think it did that... kind of, it did. Sorry, yeah. go ahead, Link. No, no, no. Are you, I, I think we're both going to be in agreement there. I think you're absolutely right, uh, Gabriel, because it, bearing in mind, like, Orange Cassidy's just come off the back of this very hot Jericho angle. You know, he's just, he pinned the, the the champion once and then made him swim in mimosa. Um, and yeah, and then he just sort of goes into this TNT title picture, loses, but sort of plays like the the, the Matt Cardona role. You know what I mean? It was sort of like, and, and to the back, it, it was a bit, yeah, it kind of sucked for Cassidy, really. Yeah. I mean, I... I think that's fine. I, I don't get why Cassidy's wrestling so much anyway. The kind of appeal of his gimmick is that he doesn't wrestle that much. Uh, so I think maybe kind of not necessarily taking him down a peg, but just having him be, you know, not as not in the main event level is fine. I'm OK with it. So I'm, I'm not I'm not too upset by his his loss being overshadowed, put it that way. Indeed. Um, Zachary Jenkins said, Cody looks like he could be a high-tier Batman villain. Hashtag Luke Takeover. Um, yes, only one of those mob boss type ones. Yeah. I'm not sure I would yeah. think he looks like... A, not, certainly, I wouldn't say he's a high-tier Batman villain. He no, is, he needs to be way a, more cartoony for that. Yeah, he is a mid-tier Green Arrow villain. Um, you know who does look like a Batman villain? Uh, Batman villain, though? T-Bar Retribution. <laughs> the T-Bar... Slapjack, mate. Slapjack. My, I had my mate takes me today. We were talking about um, animal passing, and I, you know, I was talking about. I, I put up a tweet yesterday saying, like, when I was a kid, I, I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling. When I was a kid, it was like a banned thing in my household. My, my parents didn't want, didn't want me watching it. But the kids down my road had uh, a VHS tape of the Battle Royal at the Royal Albert Hall, which had mm. the Legion of Doom on the cover. And I was just, I remember being like, just like, take, like drawn to it, being like, oh my god, these guys look so cool. I've got to see this thing. I've got to watch this thing. And like, that was, I, I feel like they were kind of the first characters that I really got into 
uh, in wrestling when it was very much, you know, a thing that I wasn't allowed to be a part of. And I was texting my friend about this and he texts me back being like, wow, you weren't allowed to watch wrestling as a kid and now you literally do it as your job. And I was like, yeah, if anything, I watch too much of it now and I could probably like, <laughs> be really good to dial it back. He said, I can imagine, I get that when you've got Slapjack, Mace and T-Bar main eventing Raw. I was like, don't even get me started. Yeah. Don't get me started. Uh, dry chicken without flavor. Should the Dark Order push the envelope by invading Cody's home, vandalizing it, and stealing the dogs, including Pharaoh? That would be real heel heat. I tell you what, it would be real heel heat if someone stole someone's dog. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's palpable. That that would be that would be a really good angle. Actually, I, I'd dig that. As long as you don't boss man this, because boss man stole uh, Al Snow's dog, but then he murdered the dog and put it into chili and then yeah, made no, Al not... Snow eat it. Yeah, not that. Not that. Just stealing the dog would be fun because <laughs> Cody's dog is it's a character. He's brought Pharaoh out on his appearance. It's part of the whole nightmare presentation thing. So yeah, taking part of that away from him, I think is good. Um, right, let's get into the show itself because we've got one other bit of news that we do need to cover, and that is that this episode of Dynamite. So, AEW had um, uh, not an outbreak of COVID. This isn't like it's all of a sudden like loads of people backstage, but there were people who were at the tapings a couple of weeks ago who have since tested positive. Lance Archer um, came into contact with a member of his family who had COVID. So now he has also tested positive as well. So the AEW roster was not at full capacity this week, which is why we didn't, I'm going to assume why we didn't see Brian Cage on the show. We, uh, you had this in the news today that he put up a tweet that was just like, I'm not feeling well, but also muscles. Um, and so we can probably assume that he was, and like he wasn't in the main event segment when Ricky Starks came out with Team Taz. So likely assume that he did so this was a show that wasn't at a full capacity roster but credits to AEW, it didn't feel like it was it didn't feel like it was like a sort of a lesser show yeah yeah it, it still very much felt like a a full card and uh, there were a couple of noticeable absences but it wasn't like it detracted away from the angles or anything like you know uh nick jackson uh, sorry matt jackson cut a promo and nick wasn't there and it was like you know lucha bros came out at the end and the butcher and the blade didn't so it was like mm-hmm. there was a couple of noticeable people that might have been absent for whatever reason, uh, maybe intentional or, or otherwise. But yeah, it didn't feel like yeah nothing. It, the angles all still worked exactly the same. So the effect it's, still it's, was the same. It's the benefit of having large groups. Uh, mm. Is that you can, you can sort of like hide hide the fact that some of them are missing because it still feels like there's loads of people out there. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that did not change. And that is Miro made his AEW in-ring debut and it did not quite go to plan. Not exactly. The aim of this match was to make Miro look impressive. He looked hella impressive when he came out. Dude is huge at the moment. Like he is massive. Absolutely huge. I mean, he was never small, but he looks like twice as big now somehow. Yeah, he is looking. He's looking jacked, man. And yeah. uh, he did, you know, he did his some big spots to make himself look impressive. But there was a moment right at the start of like what he was doing, where he t- takes this spill to the outside. It was it was Miro and Kip Sabian taking on Joey Janela and Sunny Kiss. 
and Janela kind of like ducks the, you know, drops the rope so Miro falls to the outside. And it looks like he tweaks his ankle a little bit. And so like he's like proper like hobbling on this ankle. My instant thought was like, oh, mate, like that really sucks. It's your debut match in AEW and you get injured. That's really awful. He's proper hobbling and hobbling and hobbling. And Joey Janela's on the other side of this barricade. And they're going to do this spot. And I've absolutely no idea what they had in mind here. But uh, Kip Sabian runs towards Miro. And Miro is going to like backdrop him into Joey Janela, who is either doing a move or Kip Sabian's going to do a move on him. What actually happens is the Miro doesn't quite get Kip up and sort of like over and kip just falls to the ground like almost like landing like hard like you know crumpling down onto his shoulder so much so that joey janela is audibly shouting are you all right are you all right oh yeah and, and, and then there was a spot where joey did a dive into mirror but he didn't quite catch him it was just it was really and i think the ankle thing just threw him off basically like he clearly walked it off because after the match, you know, he did, you know, after sort of those couple of spots, went in there, beat up Sunny Kiss, hit the match, kick, kick in the accolade, which I believe he's now calling the game over. But the 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 ankle and the the, the moment with Kip, man, it was rough going. Yeah, it was. Uh, it looked quite uncomfortable because it, it just seemed like, yeah, he, he struggled almost too much because he didn't have the uh, the solid base of the ankle. As we know, if wrestling's taught us anything. You need both legs to have a solid base, which is why whenever anyone works over a knee, they're taking out the solid base that they've got. Um, but because he didn't really have that with his tweaked ankle, it seems, he just didn't have quite the, the leverage he needed to get Kip up. So he just kind of lifted and then lost all the moments and went, uh-oh. <laughs> and yeah. then just kind of kept pushing his legs and it just kind of tipped him straight up towards the head. Uh, I think Joey managed to save it just about. I think he managed to take most of the brunt so that Janela, uh, so that um, Sabian didn't just land straight on his head, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I really don't know what they were going for. It was a strange yeah. looking spot, that one. It, it actually it shows how good Joey and Sonny Kiss are. Like, I really like them as a tag team. Uh, I, I really like watching Joey Janela wrestle. Sonny Kiss is brilliant. Like, like, he's really, really good. He's so athletic. He's got such a unique look about him. And they're a fun little tag act. You know, they're not main event. They are very much an opening tag act. But they're really good at being that opening tag act. And they're also very good at going out there to make a tag team look good. Like Sonny Kiss was just bumping his ass off to make Miro look amazing. So I I very much enjoyed what what they were doing. Uh, According to Meltzer, uh, Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer review of AEW, he said that Miro was fine. Like that was the word that he got from backstage is that Miro's not injured. He's absolutely fine. I think basically he just tweaked his ankle and it just sort of threw him off for a couple of minutes. And then, you know, just sort of stomp back to the place, get the feeling back in, and uh, and away you go. Yeah, exactly. And and you know what? Despite all that, it's great to see him back. I just oh, really yeah. like seeing him wrestle. I will say, though, here's an interesting uh, question I'd like to pose to you, uh, Luke. Mm-hmm. In this match, Miro was very much kind of like a big, brutish heel. Kind of like what we'd seen from Rusev in his entire wwe run he was big he was brutish he didn't smile too much wasn't interacting with the crowd uh just kind of you know beat people up stamping on their legs stomping on the back locking in the accolade i'm gonna make you tap uh i would have thought granted he's aligned with kip sabian so he should really be a heel i would have preferred because i think that the people the the thing that people are most excited about seeing miro in AEW is his charisma that's what we never really got to see in in his wwe run was him being the proper charismatic funny man that we know that he actually is Mm -hmm. i would have preferred it that he was almost like 
a baby face who was mates with Sabian or like a funny heel, you know, a charismatic, engaging heel. I wasn't too sold on the whole, like, I'm a big brute man. I was like, well, I've seen this a lot. I know you're much bigger now, but I've seen this a lot. I, I wanted to see something different from Miro if I could, but it just felt very yeah. samey. I, I get what you mean. I, I, do you know what? I think it is a case of AEW has kind of like, I've got a lot of faith in them because they are a company that has, has very rarely let me down. Like it is a company that has built up my expectations and often delivered and, you know, and not even just delivered, exceeded any expectations that I have had. So I, I am kind of like in a position where I am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. It's like you, it's kind of, I would have liked to have seen something different, but you know, we've seen quite a few of these uh, ex WWE guys come in as baby faces. It's kind of nice to see one come in as a heel and I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm just intrigued by this and I'm not sure whether it's I'm intrigued because I want to see what AEW are going to do with this or I'm intrigued just because I have trust in the company. I'm not, I'm not quite sure the point I'm making is because like it's either I'm interested in this because AEW have never let me down yet or like I'm cautiously optimistic and I'm just like, I'm basically here, like, yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll, just like you, I'll, 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 just I'll just like you were, just like you were with the Phantom Menace, right? Uh, yes, exactly <laughs> right, right. With the Phantom Menace, where well, actually with the Phantom Menace, I was just dead excited, dead excited to see it. And then I came, yeah, and then I came out being like, oh, that was good. Yeah, that's good. Sure, it's fine. That's fine. It's fun. It was good. Yeah, I, I just need to see it again. Like I really need to see it again just to make sure. Um, someone was saying it's like, yeah, Brody Lee didn't come in the face. I didn't say all of WWE stars came in. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a pretty good match. But after this match, holy heckins, Eddie Kingston comes out full of every ounce of piss and every ounce of vinegar on the planet. Don't cut to any of these cameras. Just give me the hard camera. I was never eliminated from the battle royal. I've been waiting 18 years to get this shot. He targets Mokdi saying like, you were once like me. You were once amongst the fighters, but you decided to sell your soul to the devil and go off and be a sports entertainer. Well, I'm targeting you now, sports entertainer. Come out here and fight me. Mox comes down to the ring. They go nose to nose. Referees run down to separate them. Bearing in mind that this match had about an hour's build because it was not the match that was supposed to take place. This all of a sudden felt like the most important AEW title match in like recent memory. Again, I, th I feel like I say this every time I'm talking about Eddie Kingston. Not a hot take. He's such a good promo. Oh, oh my great. God, yeah. so good. Like, you believe every single word he says. As soon as he starts, uh, as soon as he starts talking, Everybody listens and everybody is hooked on every word he says. He's so believable in his role. You buy into every word he says. And then by the end of the promo, I was like, yeah, screw John Moxley for going to WWE. I'm with you, Eddie. Yeah, beat him up. I was like, I was I was hooked on everything he was saying. Um, yeah, and this built to what was a really fun match later on in the in the show. Uh, yeah, really great setup promo. Loved it. Oh, it was absolutely brilliant stuff. It almost felt like, you know, they were... So the match was supposed to be the six man. It was supposed to be Mox with Will Hobbs and Darby Allen taking on Lance Archer and Team Taz. But obviously with Archer and Cage not being there, they changed it up and they just announced like, you know, an hour and a half, maybe two hours before the show started. It's going to be Moxley versus Kingston for the title. And they were like, man, we need to give, we need to have this match feel like it's big time. What could we do? We'll just send Eddie Kingston out and just Eddie Kingston. Can you go out there and cut a 45 second promo and make it sound like it's the big deal? And then he was like, in my sleep, mate. 
and just went out there and just cut this fabulous, fabulous promo. Absolutely yeah. amazing. I was it so made good. me so excited to see the match. And I was already excited because to be honest, when you just announced it's Kingston versus Moxley, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm cool. I'm in. Um, and the uh, really good stuff continued on the show because we've got Hangman Page versus Evil Uno. Pete, I love this storyline. The reason why I love this yeah. storyline, Kenny Omega comes out for commentary. So Kenny Omega's out there again doing commentary for a uh, a Hangman Page match. Reason he's out there for commentary is because, like last week, this was originally offered to him as a tag match. Last week it was supposed to be Hangman and Page, uh, sorry, Hangman and, and Omega versus SCU. Ended up just being Page versus Kaz because Omega didn't want the match. This week it was supposed to be them versus the Dark Order. But he's like, well, we've already faced the Dark Order. We've already beaten the Dark Order. So I'm not going to take this match either. I'm going to give it a singles match. I'm focusing on my singles career. But Pete, he's not having singles matches. Hangman Page is having singles matches. And Hangman Page is winning those singles matches. Mm. Kenny Omega is effectively gifting Hangman Page the matches that he wants. It's layers layers donkey so many layers Onions. I love oh it. man this was really good this was really fun it was a fun match in and of itself evil uno really good um and obviously hangman's great we know that um mm-hmm. i thought that uh kenny's commentary was pretty good i quite liked it mm-hmm. oh, um yeah and i've i've always been somewhat i i don't i don't want to say this wrong because people will get all on my back about it. So I'm trying to phrase it right. Uh, there's been something holding me back about the Dark Order for a long time. Like Even when they were really good, I was like, they are really good. But there's just something that's not connecting with me. I don't quite get it in this one. When Evil Uno came out and everyone was flanking him, I was like, I get it. <laughs> I was like, right, <laughs> I get it now. I'm in. Uh, a bar cop cabana. He doesn't... He doesn't fit, and I know that's the story, is that he doesn't fit. But it just feels a bit weird now, because it doesn't... It feels like it's barely been addressed. He's just there now. It's like, there's occasional teasers of him being like, you know, he's being sheltered by Brody Lee, or, you know, he's being guided out by Evil Uno. But then recently, it's just kind of been like, he's just part of Dark Order now. I'm like, hmm... Yes, yeah, but he's not, he's not. He's not part of Dark Order, though, Pete. He's just hanging yeah. out with friends. He's just <sighs> hanging out with his friends and having wrestling matches. And yeah, he didn't come out with Brody Lee for Brody's match, but he was out there with Evil Uno, and he was really supportive of Uno because Uno is the guy that's now kind of like taking him under his wing because Brody's really upset with him. Yes, I, I get that. I'm just saying in terms of presentation, when all of them are walking out together and all of them look super dark and mysterious and got Marston and Cock Banners there, like, woo, yeah. Let's go. I'm like, all of you look really cool. Apart from you, I, I love it. I also love the fact that Colt Cabana's gear is now in Dark Order colors. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, that is good, admittedly. This, this was a really, really good match. Because like, we've, we haven't really seen Evil Uno in singles action in AEW because we've seen him with uh, Grayson as the tag team. But he's, just, he's so, so good. He's incredibly charismatic. And that carries him like around the ring as well with, you know, the things that he does. And him and Paige just went out there, had a fun PWG like opening match. And it had some really cool near falls in there. The crowd seemed so hot for this match as well. It found like that it, it felt like they were mic'd better this week, I think, which mm. I think is the key to it. Yeah. And it was just, it was back and forth stuff. Paige looked amazing. Uno looked amazing. In the end, the hangman Paige hit the buckshot lariat for the win. 
Hangman is on his way to getting a better singles record than Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega has yet to realize that. I, I And then Kenny Omega, when it was finished, he was just like, thank you, I'm done, I'm now off. Then go down there to celebrate with Paige. I love it, Paige. Yeah. I love it and so there was, much. And there was even a moment where Hangman was taken to the outside onto the ramp, and the rest of Dark Order started to you know, uh, move towards him as if they were potentially going to assault him, and Kenny was just like, well, ten, they're not assaulting him yet, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay here. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to get interfering in the match. I'm just gonna stay on commentary. Uh, it's a nice moment. It's just him being a bit of a dick without him realizing he's being a bit of a oh, dick. This is great. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's all good. Very fun. And yeah, Hangman gets another singles win. I'm I'm all really, in on it. It's great. Really enjoyed this. Uh, Tony tried to interview the Young Bucks backstage. Uh, only Matt was there to answer the door, and Matt did some acting like Nick was there. And he kind of talks about, like, he doesn't really want to talk about FTR, but that's what Tony's asking him about. So he just grabs his phone and smashes it and then gives him some money to uh, to go buy himself a new phone, get himself an upgrade, which is actually something I'm trying to do at the moment. I do need to get myself an upgrade on my phone. And it actually reminded me that I need to look into it. So thank you, AEW. I do need to look up to getting an upgrade on my phone. Very good. Um, yeah, this was this was good. Uh, yeah, he tries to ask him about FTR, tries to ask him about uh, Hangman and Omega, and he just smashes his phone and then gives it back. Smash your phone. It, uh, what, I, what I quite liked about it was he smashed the phone and then immediately gave him the money afterwards. It's like he's got this some sort of like internal rage and he's just like, I've just got to let it out. I've got to smash the phone. Oh man, right, cool, let that out. Sorry, shouldn't have done that. Here's the money. Um, yeah. But it's just like a rage that can't be like contained all the time as soon as he starts talking about FTR and Hangman and Omega. I like it. It's really good. Yeah. Effective. Curious to see where they, yeah, I'm curious to see where they go with the Young Bucks. I also love, you know, we talked about like, we had, we had comments about Salty JR. And one of the reasons I'm I'm kind of I'm so down on Salty JR is because Excalibur is so good because Excalibur knows all of these lads that are there. And then you cut back and Excalibur is talking about I've not seen this side of the Young Bucks in years. And he talks about like this this history and it makes it like all of a sudden this kind of heel turn for the Bucks has this more gravitas about it because you've got Excalibur talking about this history about it and like his personal history with them as a group. I uh, I'm I'm really curious to see where they go next with this. Um, and speaking of curiosities, Matt Hardy came out for a promo with Private Party. It's Matt's birthday. Happy birthday for yesterday. Uh, and to you, Q-Tip, of course. Um, and he basically says, I mean, well, I mean he basically says, uh, Jericho and Hager, you're my prime suspects for who attacked me backstage. Inner Circle come out. They're all back together again. Even Sammy Guevara's back. And Jericho says that it wasn't him. Matt wants a match. He's not cleared. Quen wants a match. But Cassidy um, says, do you know what? I don't need you guys speaking for me after the beatdown last week. I'm going to challenge you to a match, Chris Jericho. Now, a lot of people are going to bet against me. But what if this 23-year-old from New York could pin Le Champion? It was a really good promo from Cassidy, I thought. I thought but him and Quen were actually... I thought him and Quen were better than Matt, really. And I thought they held their own really, really well with, with Jericho. Yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a bit long. It did not need to be this long. I thought there was a lot of uh a lot of pauses. Uh, maybe it's just cuz they're, you know, maybe not as comfortable with their promo style or whatever it may be. But I thought both Quinn and Cassie had a lot of pauses in their promo and Quinn was like, "Don't worry, just calm down, Matt. It's cool. We've got this. Chill. Don't worry. It's fine. Calm down. We've got this." Like, "Yeah, I know you've already said the same line." He just kind of like repeated himself a lot. And like Cassidy was saying, this might be nitpicking, but maybe it's just because he's been surrounded with people like 
Jericho and Brody Lee and John Moxley and MJF and Eddie Kingston, who are incredible promos that when someone cuts an average promo, you notice. Um, but yeah, this just felt like it was it was a bit long and it didn't need to be this long. Um, and, yeah, yeah, but it was still well, it still got it still got over Cassidy and it's still a match I'm looking forward to. So. Yeah, and go. it's kind of like I, I was talking about in the the five minute review uh, that went up on the Rust Talk News that yeah, it was a really good promo. Like, and, and actually, in a, and even I suppose really good as a stretch, it was a good promo, right? But it gets almost shown up two segments later when you've got Jericho backstage with MJF, and you're like, oh, oh no, that's a great promo. Like, that's yeah. a really really good promo stuff. It was yeah. so good, Pete. I forgot to review a segment. Uh, in <laughs> you my, did. Uh, in my, I know, and I didn't even realize it until I was actually recording it in my living room this morning. I was like, oh, I didn't do the FTR bit. Oops. Well, I'll, I'll just have to quickly make mention of that. But I forgot to talk about that bit. So we'll talk about that bit now. Here's my review of it, folks. Um, I thought this segment was a bit of a mess. Following a bit of a mess, probably a lot of a mess. Following on from what I thought was a fine promo, I thought this was a fine promo. There was a lot of Tully Blanchard forgetting his lines, seemingly, and Jack's trying to cover for it. And then the sequences didn't seem to match up because then best friends came out and then they did a thing, but then they subverted and went, oh, bait and switch. It was all a bit messy. So I, if, hmm, yeah. Yeah, I thought this was a bit a bit messy, to be honest. Like, I, I don't think I could say that this was a good segment because mm. you've got Tony Schiavone's in the ring and he's with FTR and Tully Blanchard. Now, the one thing I think you could easily say of Tully Blanchard uh, being in AEW is that he has been consistent with his promos. Like he's always been really good of all the old timers that they've got there. He's been the most consistent guy, like the most reliable guy to go out there and just be like, Oh, Tully, can you just cut this promo for us? He'd be like, absolutely. I'm Tully Blanchard. I can do that really well. It's not like you send out Jake Roberts to do this. And Jake Roberts like, Hey man, I'm Flintstones, Adam's family. Just you know, whatever it is talking about cards and whatnot. Tully, you can always rely on. And the gimmick they were trying to get over here is that FTR are starting this 20-minute brush with greatness. They are having 20-minute title matches because title matches in AEW are supposed to be 60 minutes. They are doing 20-minute title matches where you don't have to be part of the rankings. FTR are just going to handpick opponents and they will have the matches and the people that are in the match with have got 20 minutes to beat them. If they don't, FTR not only retain, they get to pick up a win in the, in the win column get to pick up a mark in the win column and take home the paychecks and everything like this. And I mean, Tully, I did a really bad job of explaining that. And Tully did a worse job. of it. <laughs> he did. Yeah. And it's Tully's gimmick. This is what he yeah. did. With the talk. This is his thing. Yeah. It was very strange. Cause like, yeah, Tully was, Tully was cutting the promo, seemed to forget his lines. And he said, this could be 20 minute time limit. And everyone was like, Okay, and then d- you can hear Dax off mic just go, brush with greatness, oh, and Tully goes, yes, yes, brush with greatness. It's like, oh, that's the thing you're supposed to get. That was the big line you were supposed to say, right? Oof, it was, yeah, it was a bit disjointed. Uh, but yeah, the and then Tully built up that them getting a win was like the big deal out of it, and he's like, not only it's going to be twenty minutes, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that's going to be about this match. If they don't beat him in twenty minutes, then they get a win in the win column. It's like, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, (laughs) 
I am um, so in my Transformers collecting days. I used to have um, there's like the, the Japanese uh, Takara series that didn't get aired over here in the UK. I used to get fan translations of that on VHS um, to to watch. And in one of those episodes, there was a moment when uh, they're, they're, one of them's having a pop at Soundwave. And he's like, "Soundwave, the next time we meet, I will be there." <laughs> yep. <laughs> You, I mean, you're not wrong. You, you, you will. Um, that's yeah. what this was. It's like, and if they don't beat that, if they don't beat us, we'll win. We'll win. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Tully. Yeah. Cool. I yeah. This was a bit of a messy segment. I think if it this was. had been on the tape show next week, it yeah, they would have absolutely fixed this and gone out there and told them to go out there and do it again. Try to get the segment over. Live TV. These things happen. Best yeah. friends come out and they challenge them to a match there and then. Um, but FTR say, do you know what? You're not a hundred percent after your street fight last week. We'll do this another time. We're going to do this next week. That would have made more sense if that's what they actually said, because what they actually said was, yes, let's fight now. Let's get a referee out. Come on, let's fight. Let's do this. And then as the referee goes for the bell, he grabs his arm and says, actually, just kidding. Let's do it next week. I was like, what was the I point of that bait and I switch? Like, I, I like that because that's just FTR being dicks. I didn't, I, I didn't mind that so much. You know, I, you know, I, I think, I think they're like, actually, let's not have this match yet. If they'd have actually been dicks about it and just said, mm, actually, change their mind. Ah, it's fine. We'll do it on our own time next week. But the, they, them trying to say, actually, you're not 100%. We should do it for you. I was like, mm, the reason doesn't match. Why would you Why would you say yes and then no? Nothing's changed in that time. So I, no, I don't know. It didn't work for me. I I didn't mind it. I I get what you mean, but I I didn't mind it. Uh, Edwin, uh, as you said here, the next time I win, you'll lose. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sounds pretty much. Um, And then we got uh, a women's tag match that had been promoted from last week after the shoot fight, Pete. Did you not see the Sun and the Express ran articles about (laughs) AEW match turns into legit shoot fight? Oh, Mm -hmm. lads, watch the match. I mean, it's just Ivalice no selling about three moves. I mean, have you seen the Wrestle Talk headline you did for it last week? What did I do? For the podcast. I believe it was AEW Real Fight or in the news or something. No, no, that was a backstage one. Oh, I see. That's me getting my right my wires crossed. Continue. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So this was um Ivalice and Diamante versus Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida. And yeah, so it was fine. Like yeah. there was a moment when Ivalice tagged in and she clearly forgot what the spot was. So she had some miscommunication with Diamante and then forgot that she had tagged in. So tried to get out of the ring again and had to run back in. It wasn't the smoothest of matches. Key to it here, though, is that Rosa and Sheeta uh, picked up the victory. They're the champions building towards Rose and Sheeta too. Yep. Fine match. Absolutely, there you go. Also. Absolutely dead crowd. Oh, so so dead, but can you blame him, really? Mm. Such a shame, but hey-ho. Also, big fan of the fact that uh, Modmother, the American, knows, you know, you are entirely correct. Absolutely. Do not buy the sun. So, F the sun. Dasher, backstage. This is the same we were referring to earlier with Jericho and MJF. Mm. This was wonderful. A couple of weeks ago on Dynamite after All Out, Jericho and MJ have had this face-to-face, you know, coming after two big losses that these two had on the pay-per-view. But they're going like, I admire you. I think you, you know, you're really good. One of the all-time greats. Hey, you're one of you're the upcoming star of this company. And then they walk away, they do the split screen where they both go, What a loser. 
Very, very funny. Great promo. Then, great, great promo. This happens here with MJF walking up and the two of them, again, just start praising each other, being like, I think you're great. Hey, do you know what, kid? I think you're great. And then at the same time, both go, so why did you call me a loser a couple of weeks ago? And MJF's like, where did you see that? It's like, oh, I saw a million people saw it on, on Dynamite, on, on TNT. Where did you see it? Oh, I saw it on Twitter. This, that, the other. And MJF says, no, no, no. I wasn't saying you're a loser. Saying the limo driver was a loser because of his reckless driving. We could have crashed head on. And Jericho's, yeah, I did spill a bit of my vanilla latte on my trousers. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. reckless driving. I wasn't calling you a loser. I was talking about Tony Schiavone. And they're like, yeah, yeah Tony. Oh, hello. I'm Tony Schiavone. Yucking it up. And then they both just ended up like, do you know what? You're all right. You're all right. These guys are great. They're, they're so, so good. good together. They bounce off each other so well. It's a similar kind of dynamic to um, Jericho and Owens is what I'd compare it to. Two individually very funny people that when brought together bounce off each other very funnily. So, yeah, like if, I'm, if this is leading to something more between Jericho and MGF, I'm all for it. Just keep keep the train rolling. I, I really like it. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, And I, I'm... I thought about this briefly in my review as well. I, I'm kind of into the idea. Jer- MJF said last week, I've got to be get to be part of a stable. I, l- I do like the idea of him going into the inner circle and essentially like weeding Jericho out as the leader and, and taking it over and, and, you know, getting these lads to be his new collection of friends. There could be some really fun stuff with him, like, you know, trying to steal Sammy Guevara away from Jericho. We've all been kind of thinking like, is Jericho, like Guevara is going to be the face turning against Jericho to you know, get himself out of the group. But what if this was actually a way to turn Jericho babyface? Because we've got the 30th celebration, 30th anniversary celebration of Jericho coming up in, a, in I think it's like October 2nd or something. It actually might be next week's show. Um, so they've got some like really, really fun stuff that you could do with that. I think that's actually a really fun angle to do. Sucks for like LAX because I think I'd really like to see LAX get away from this group now. I, I, I just want to see them go out on their own in the tag division. But the idea of building an MJF versus Jericho feud around the inner circle, I think could be really fun. Agreed. 100%. Um, Yes, it's not next week's Dynamite's the week after. And then we got the main event of Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. Um, Because this was on TV, it sadly felt it was a bit more um, ad break than it was uh, a proper match. But what they did is they just beat the hell out of each other. Kingston's chops. I heard them from here. Like I heard them like halfway around the world. So loud. And then Moxley yeah. just fired back with his like dull thud chops, which I almost feel are worse. But then Kingston just fires back with these really loud ones. They did some brilliant like New Japan G1 no selling. Basically, they both thought, well, we're not in the G1 this year, so should we just go out there and just have like a tw- you know a seven minute G1 match? It was really really good stuff. I'd love to see this on pay per view. Given some like proper build on pay per view, I think this could be absolutely amazing. Agreed, hundred percent. And yeah, the New Japan comparisons you said are so apt for this one. It's just chopping each other to hell and back. There's a German suplex that they just stand up from kind of deal. It was that kind of vibe for the whole match. Beat the hell out of each other and a really cool finish. I thought with uh, Mox just getting in that bulldog choke and that's that Kingston just passed out. Like, there you go. That's all he needs just to win. And the commentators put it over. Kingston didn't tap out. Like Moxley put him to sleep. So if you're ready, Kingston, you can now say, I was never eliminated from the battle Royal. I never tapped out. I keep getting screwed out of these title shots. Add that as just fuel to it, to his fire. 
think you get yeah. some really, really good stuff with that. And after the match, the Lucha Brothers ran down to beat up Moxley. Will Hobbs and Darby Allen ran down for the save as well. But then Ricky Starks came down to kind of like uh, up the numbers again for the baddies. And the baddies were the ones who stood tall. Yep. Um, I want to see more Kingston Moxley. That was my big takeaway from this. And I'm glad that there's still that that's still left on the table. It's not like this was it. This was like a one and done thing. It's still there being left. And I'm so, so glad for that. Yeah. Um, but overall, what did you make of the show? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm 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 all in on on Kingston and Moxley as well. Uh, I thought it was a good show. There was nothing like spectacular. There was nothing over the top or anything, but it was just a good, solid show, which I'd give a three out of five. Yeah, I I, I went three out of five as well in my review. I thought it was just like, it's just a solid show. It's just, yeah. it's uh, you you tune in to watch Dynamite every single week and you just know that it's, it's, it's a very rare time that you've had like a bad episode of Dynamite and this is just their standard and their standard is very good. This is just another very good episode of Dynamite. So, good stuff. Uh, right, let's get into the rest of your sup, 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 super chat. Nate dropped surname as it, it felt like a huge pop for Cody Return. Guess that it didn't quite come across on TV. So glad Will Hobbs got his moment. That spinebuster popped me. Yes, Nate dropped surname is one, our man on the ground. He's been at the Daily's Place um, tapings. So apparently from the stands, it felt like a huge pop, which is interesting because I thought the mic, I thought the crowd was mic'd better this week than they have been in previous weeks. Yeah, agreed. And also, yes, that spine buster was beautiful. Oh man, yeah, uh, Luke Hobbs as uh, as Luke uh, Hobbs, he, yeah, keeps one as a call him. Has got a wicked yeah. spine buster on him. Uh, Colostopia on the uh, topic of John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. Someone should tell Mox and Eddie they aren't in the G one. Damn, now I want to see Eddie Kingston in the G one. <laughs> yes, please, that'd be amazing. Um, Christopher Jazzcat, sad that Kingston's first shot didn't get promoted. It was a last minute deal. Uh, yeah. But I think the bright side of this is that it's not over. Like there is still, there's so much more room uh, there to, to, to grow. Uh, and Pez PZ said, I'm more into Kingston versus Mox than Archer versus Mox right now. You and me both. Same. And, I'd, and I'd have said that last week as well, because I'm, I just, I'm loving Eddie Kingston at the moment. I just think he's so, so awesome. Uh, do you want amazing. To over. Shall I shall. Uh, Super chats about the elite. Uh, Donato Hunter said, "Speaking of average promos, I don't think the Bucks promo was very good. Like it's not stumbling or bad, but it always feel like they're rushing through their lines." Um, I'm not sure I agree with that. I didn't get the vibe of rushing through the lines. Um, it, I mean, it's not as good as some of the others on the show, but that's because they're probably some of the best promos in the world. You know, hmm. the people like Kingston and Moxie and MJF and Jericho. So, yeah. Maybe it just didn't stack up in that in that sense. Uh, Mike D said, uh, when Paige and Uno got separated in the corner, Kenny said, clean break. He said the same thing to the Bucks after losing the belts. Cleaner hint? Well, mm. uh, Mike D, he's the lady's choice. Want to get next to me, like Rolls Royce. He, uh, <laughs> on AEW's um, roster page, he's credited as the cleaner. So yeah. I, think you, I think we might already be there, mate. Yeah, he just already is the cleaner. We didn't even know. Uh, Charlie Davis said uh, the Bucks tried to give FTR the benefit of the doubt when they showed up. FTR then destroyed the elite. Now the Bucks realize they have to go back to being the jerks they used to be to win this war. Yes, I'm liking that. Lovely. I'm liking that. Layers, onions. 
Uh, some general uh, miscellaneous AEW super chats now. Magnus says uh, MGF should join the Sue World Order. It's amazing how over Sue has got in the last couple of weeks. You see, like um, uh, SRS did an interview with her over on Fightful, and it was it cracked their top ten most read things uh, oh on the God. website. Sue That's is over like Rover. So over. All you need to do is get into a match and flip people off. That's all you need. Uh, Johnny Hex said, uh, "Good morning, and I like AEW because uh, because they allow the blood and gives me Attitude Era vibes. And WWE's use that black and white filter. It's annoying." Well, it certainly is if you're trying to get images uh, for a wrestling YouTube channel and you're trying to skip past true. the black and white ones. Yeah. Uh, Nate Drops Name again said, uh, Cold Bolt here in Retribution. Uh, love this show. Uh, I think I had more fun at this one uh, than other Dynamites I've been to. Miro really worked me with that injury. Uh, I don't think that was a work. I think that was legit. I think it was legit. Because yeah, if it wasn't legit, to... then they, and they just he just dropped Sabian on his head and then dropped Janela as well. Uh... Yeah, I think you um, definitely tweet something. And also, uh, shout outs to his uh, cold bolt name. That's from our social media, where you can find out what your retribution name is. We put up a little thing based on the first letter of your name and your birth month. Go to our social media channels, you can find them. Um, Matthew Clough. Uh, Clough? I'm going to say, say Clough. Yeah. Clough. Maybe it's Clough. Clough. Yeah. I'm going to say Clough. Pronounce my name correctly, please. And is it just me, or is every Janela match super botch heavy? Um, oh, not that I've absolutely. noticed. No, I, I think I, I think to say every Janela matches that's a real stretch. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen like I've seen like thousands of Janela matches, and I, I would never say they're like they're super botch heavy. They may be mm. botch, but like I think everyone has had matches where they've they've made mistakes. So I don't think yeah. it's fair to pin that on Janela. Yeah. Uh, Donato Hunter said, uh, I love Joey and Sonny, but Joey talking about Ford really made it seem like she would factor into the match and threw off commentary. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he made a, a comment. He had a promo before the match saying that like her, uh, him and Penelope Ford used to be an item. And he was like, the worst thing you've done, Kip Sabian, is asked it, got down on one knee for her. I've been there, done that. Shouldn't have done that one, son. <laughs> uh, which was quite a funny line. I like that. Um, and I don't know if it threw off commentary. Maybe they were yeah. focusing on the wrong thing. I think it was still fine. I didn't I didn't yeah. pick up on that. Um, Tay Boogie said, I hated that private pro- uh, private party promo. Was bad. Oh, I think that's unfair. I thought it was I thought it was okay. Pretty good. It was okay. Uh Gabriel Caruso said, if Brody is the Vince character, is Evil Uno the Triple H character? He consoles wrestlers that are bullied and buried by Brody after they're excited to join Dark Order. Has Dark Order turned into a WWE instead of spooky perverts? <laughs> Uh, I mean, they're still spooky perverts, but uh, mm. I do like that idea that uh, that Uno is the Triple H of the group. I love that. Really yeah, good. he's gonna, he's going to start up uh, his own version, uh, Dark XT. Uh, oh, DS wow. said, uh, "I'm really enjoying the long term stories, but I'm at the point where I want to see the next chapter instead of constant teases." Hashtag, just the Q-tip. DS, you're the problem with today's wrestling fandom. You're the bit like Seth Rollins <laughs> thinks that Seth Rollins thinks that's what you are because Seth Rollins said people can't wrestling fans can't do long term storylines anymore. Mm. It's true. I do get what they're saying though. Maybe oh, I'm also part of. Yeah. I maybe I'm uh, part of the problem too. I, I totally get what you're saying, and I think the 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 issue that AEW have got I, and DS. By the way, I was being facetious. I, I do agree with what you're saying. The, the problem that they've had, and, and Khan has said this, Tony Khan, that a lot of like the story beats they've wanted to do, they've been holding off on because they wanted to wait until fans were back in. I think now the reality is setting into the world that 
it's likely not going to be coming back anytime soon. Seems wild to think, but like early doors of lockdown, there was that report that was just like, hey, we may not get fans back into the arena until Survivor Series next year. And a lot of people were like, bollocks. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll, be like, it'll be done and dusted in three weeks. We're now nearly in, you know, it's nearly the end of the year. We, as a country in the UK, we've just gone back into lockdown effectively for, you know, our prime minister has said probably for the next six months. It may be, you know, we're not getting live sports again. We're not getting fans back in. So maybe, maybe it might not be until Survivor Series next year. Yeah, who knows? Who uh, knows? Did you want to take back over? I will do indeed for the wrestling miscellaneous, to quote Mr. Davis. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat, Michael Cole is annoying, but really it's Vince who's annoying through him. JR actively takes away from the wrestling matches he doesn't like. Wow, have you already listened to the podcast version of what we recorded earlier that hasn't gone out anywhere yet? Because that's exactly what I said. On the button, Jazz Cat. Bacon mm-hmm. Rasher, uh, Vince needs to start watching AEW for idea. Crap Nexus suck. Ali on main event is a joke. And Miro better than Rusev. Also great to see Alex on Quizzlemania. Yeah, Alex McCarthy was very, very good on Quizzlemania last he night. He was very good. Vince will never watch AEW, though. Um, <laughs> uh, Tyler... Tyler Woodward says, Luke, you messed up. Letting that child Louie win Quizzlemania makes it difficult to love you. Hashtag uh, last fan standing is coming for Gorilla Press. Um, yeah, I, I, I ballsed in the last couple of rounds. You you, you really messed it up, buddy. Dropper dropped the ball. I forgot about evolution, mate. Absolutely nah. just forgot about it. Hmm. Um, Mundi says, Luke, when Ollie returns, um, be Mr. Rustalk so he gets confused, go crazy, and slowly begins to give you control of the company so you can fire Ollie. Hashtag yes, please. I'm with, I'm with a member of the Ollie authority here, Mundy. I'm not going to give away any game plan that I might have had. Also, I'd never fire anyone. I think that'd be a very cruel thing to do be the act of a heel bacon rasher i had to miss quizzlemania for the first time catching up now we'll uh, catch up here afterwards want to ask uh should sky take aew as wwe is crap and icv don't do live pay-per-views so they lose viewers in the uk uh bacon rasher itv aew get way more viewers on itv than they would do on sky like that is even if they are what the garbage hours that they are on here in the uk they get way more viewers than they would do if they were on sky behind the paywall so yeah it's not a great time slot but hey it's way more it's way more eyeballs on the product yep agreed 100 percent uh ty boogie has got an nxt question i don't know if we want to do that because i, I last time we've done like spoilers in the next like for nxt people got like super mad about it in the chat yeah yeah uh so i'll, I'll just say because i can see what the question is i'm gonna give a non-spoiler response i'm thoroughly excited thoroughly thoroughly excited same here uh nate drop surname said it almost seemed like miro was getting annoyed with kip for not getting the job done like he tagged himself back in saying i'll do it myself um and christopher jazzack uh, christopher jazzcat rather lastly he says keen for heel young bucks f the young bucks very very nice <laughs> We've had a few emails in, uh, Chopper, for you. Q-tip, uh, sorry, I should take Lucas emailed in to say, I just wanted to say welcome to the newest member of WrestleTalk, Q-tip. And just like NXT, you did not exist until your new name. So happy birthday, Q-tip. I hate everything. Thank you. Uh, also, thank you to Harry Iverson, the, uh, the Geordie bus driver, who sent us photos uh, from the, we mentioned on the Raw review, that he was mm-hmm. going to go like, for their, uh, their anniversary. And uh, 
uh, in the end, he just sent us the photos, which he uh, promised he would do, and they're really, really lovely. That's they're amazing. Genuinely beautiful photos. So thank you so so much for affording those across. Really, really like seeing those. Um, and this is an interesting one from Eli. It says, "Hello, lads. Probably Luke and Q-Tip. Honestly, do you think Jr. should still be commentating?" nothing against him aside from the sexist comments from time to time but when i hear him on his podcast or on aew i just sense that his heart isn't in it anymore and he actively dislikes some of the product it always gets catty when someone says he's phoning it in but i think he uh, but i think even he knows his best work was a few years ago now he's not at his best um should we should he take more of a producer type role or should we settle for salty jr most of the time and be impressed when he's really into a match. Side note, can't wait for Quizlemania around five years from now when is this wrestler a real name when all of Retribution's names are coming <laughs> up? Thank you in advance. Love you guys. That's from Eli. Uh, that's a really interesting question. Thank you, Eli, for that. Um, I I don't think JR should be commentating. Uh, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's that hot of a take right now. Uh, he was once great uh, and isn't anymore. It's in much in the same way that Jerry Lawler was once a fantastic heel commentator, and then he just kind of lost it. Uh, he stopped following the product. He stopped caring, and then he just kind of phoned it in and said, wow. And that was about all Jerry Lawler did. In the same way, there was a moment on this episode of AEW that I might have brought up on the main show. I don't know. We haven't recorded it yet. Uh, when, uh, when, what was it? Uh, Cody was making his entrance. Lights cut out, epic uh, video package starts playing and the music starts chiming in and everyone's going, oh, what's going on? And JR, he just turned and go, what a night. What a great night we've got here. It's like, <laughs> get into the moment, JR. At least, like, pretend you don't know who's coming out or anything. Like, get into it, mate. And, like, yeah. AEW have got a really good, like, roster of commentators because you've got Tony, who's great. Like, Tony's still really good. I think Excalibur's ace. Vader Scott was doing amazing work during the, the women's tournament. Taz is there. Like, Taz is brilliant as well. Like, you've got some really good commentators there. But, oof, man, yeah, just having JR as lead, it's uh, it's not working. Yeah. I'd have Excalibur as lead at this point. I just, I, um, I, at least he cares. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't... I think I'm probably going to get absolutely bodied for this in future emails. I think, hot take, in 2020... Michael Cole is a better commentator than JR. Oh, that, <laughs> oh. that is a spicy hot take. It is. And do you know Q-tip. why I'm saying that? Do you know why I'm saying that? Because on every main roster show, Michael Cole isn't Michael Cole. It's Vince McMahon via Michael Cole. When Michael Cole is being himself, when he's on an NXT show, when he doesn't have Vince in his ear, he's a good commentator. And occasionally mm-hmm. he'll have a really good line. There's some times where I'm like, Wow, that was actually pretty good from Michael Cole. There's very rare instances when I'm like, oh, that's good from JR. Very yeah, rare. It's like salty JR all the time. I was going, and we should always remember Michael Cole produces NXT commentary. So when you're yeah. there going, like, oh, NXT commentary is brilliant, it's like, yeah, it's Michael Cole doing that. Michael Cole's there producing them. He's leading them down those lines. Michael Cole sucks on Raw and SmackDown because he is just, he's, he's may as well just be a soundboard. Like he's yeah. just there to be like boss time, boss time, big dog, big dog, get some, get some. And just like, that's all he is. He is just like him and Jerry are basically just soundboards at this point. Yeah. He is a good commentator though. He did like the, uh, the UK tournament. He was great on that. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I know people are going to get up in arms about it, but I'm sticking to my guns. 
Michael Cole is better than JR in 2020. Not of all time, obviously. But in 2020, he is. My, how the tables of tides, whatever. Um, Jamie got in touch to say, uh, hey, let's talk. Just wanted a quick email to introduce myself. I've become a pledge hammer on Patreon, longtime fan of the channel, been watching about two to three years now, and decided to go all in and be even more of a mark than I am for you guys. Love the channel and everything you do. It's worth every penny spent. To quote Troy McClure, you may remember me from such previous Super Chats as the uh, the Revolution review in February and the NXT review in the summer. I'm the guy from Glasgow. So uh, as Luke so eloquently puts, I live in Glasgow. I'm a massive ICW mark and attend uh, close to all of their shows. Been a huge wrestling fan all my life. Part of the fandom. Came into attendance for SummerSlam 2014 in LA when Lesnar squashed Cena for the world title, which was a brilliant experience. Experience. Before lockdown, I signed up to the gym to get myself fitter as my aspirations were to go train at the GPWA Asylum and one day become a pro wrestler. But COVID screwed me. The next day we went into lockdown. Sorry for the long email. Just thought I'd introduce myself to the best wrestling channel out there. Love you all. Uh, even if you guys do uh, ever, in, ever oh, sorry, if you guys are ever in the great Glasgow, drinks are on me. Thumbs up emoji, beers clinking together emoji. It's from Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Um, yeah, appreciate the email. And thank you for coming a pledge hammer. You're great. Um, yeah, we've actually got a deal on this week on our Patreon. Thanks to you while Mr. Davis is away. Uh, that uh, if you pledge annually, uh, you can actually get one month for free, which means you get a whole month of Wrestle Talk Extra, Wrestle Talk After Dark as bonus podcasts. You get, you know, depending what tier you're pledging at, you could do uh, your custom uh, Patreon shout out video you get your own uh wait there's a new t-shirt design that i'm wearing if you watch the video version if you're an after swafter and you've watched the the video version of the podcast you can see me wearing it uh, and you pledge hammer t-shirt there's all sorts of stuff you can get it's a good t-shirt as well mate lovely little mm. t-shirt it's great i'd, li- I'd like that t-shirt um, that's a shame you should become a pledge hammer then mate yeah, no, right. I've, I've just got the RSS feed. <laughs> um, speaking of which, actually, a new episode of After Dark will be out tomorrow. We're going to record that tomorrow mm. afternoon. Me, you, and Adam, the blo- uh, the Baldlier, uh, we're going to record uh, Rest Talk After Dark, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, we've got to get better in here as well. Uh, this comes in from Will. Um, do apologize if you just heard that bike go past the window. Only just. Um, recording from home, mate. Um, good day, gentlemen. My name is Will from London, Ontario, Canada. I've been a long-time follower of Rest Talk since before Luke joined. I'm a $5 pledge hammer, but I've, uh, but I've never had uh, a good enough reason to bother you with an email. That changes today. Friday morning, I woke up to my normal routine, took the dog out, gave her breakfast. A few minutes later... I, sorry, Luke. Out. I read this one on SmackDown. Is it, is, is, it, is it unread on there? It's not unread, mate, but it's not. It's still there. It's not filed away. Like when you've done it, you just take it. Deleted it. No, you haven't, mate. Sorry. You do the pics and everything. Yeah. Wait. God. Was there pictures in there? It was sent as a, se- a separate email. Oh, I haven't. I haven't done that one. It was just the first one when he said that his dog, his dog got better. His dog got very sick and then got better. I remember that. Yeah, well, one. he sent a picture of the dog to say, thought you might like to see a couple more pictures. Here's she at the hospital, and the last couple are at home. Dog is looking very, very healthy. Good to awesome. hear. Awesome. Very glad to hear. I'll um, I'll just delete those emails so they don't get read out uh, by another podcast host. Sorry. Cute. Because in, in my head, I'm just done it in the same way that I do my emails, in that if it's unread, it needs my attention. If it's been read, then it's been read, isn't it? You oh, know? Yeah, I'm an archivist, just... mate. 
Yeah. Have an archive. Get it out of my inbox. Don't need it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've got time for it, lad. That's all right, mate. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's a broken system. Um, what are your plans for the weekend? Uh, we're playing D D on Saturday. <gasps> Excellent. Which I'm thoroughly excited for. Uh, should be great fun. Uh, not my campaign. My mate's campaign. We're going to. Uh, we just had on the last session or last couple of sessions. No, it was the last session we did. Uh, we went in. Uh, we chased these people who had essentially assaulted this farm. Loads of like all the livestock had been killed and all that stuff. Claw marks everywhere. And they said, oh, there was beasts. There was people. There was all sorts of stuff. And they, my daughter's gone. Go help. So we chased him off into the forest and we went after these uh, people. And uh, we encountered them in there. And we absolutely brutally murdered these three people. Like, like really aggressively so. Uh, Meanwhile, my character was like, I think they're innocent. Please stop killing them. And none of my party listened to me. Uh, and we killed them all. And it turned out they were all werewolves. So we were good to have murdered them. Because <laughs> otherwise Excellent. we'd have got potentially turned into werewolves too. Um, yeah, which was very fun. So now we're now we're going into this some sort of dungeon wolf dungeon home thing, which we're going to explore in tomorrow's session. Tomorrow's Saturday session. Thoroughly exciting. Mm. Very, How very about you? nice. Um, I don't think we've actually got anything on the books currently. Um, it's been miserable at the moment. Like the weather's just like really naff, which is kind of like probably going to cancel all of our plans, which were just going for a walk. Mm. Um, but we've also got to get the house prepped because we've got some moving stuff that we need to do. Yeah, nothing madly exciting. I think we're probably going to watch Endgame because we oh, are nice. nearing the end of our MCU rewatch that we started six months ago in lockdown and then had a massive break on. Because like, we started watching it because I've got all of Phase 1 on DVD because mm-hmm. I'm old school like that. I've got them on, nice, yeah. on Blu-ray, mate. Um, <laughs> got animated menus on them. Um, oh, but yes, yeah, so we got them all on, on DVD. So that was fine. And then after the Avengers, we had uh, Iron Man 3 was next up, which I thought I had on Blu-ray. Turns out I've got the case but not the disc. So, no idea what's happened to that. Problem is, Pete, it's not on Netflix, is it? It's not on Now TV, is it? It's not on Amazon Prime, is it? It's on making Disney Plus. And at Mm -hmm. that point, we weren't going to sign up for Disney Plus because we were going to wait until we'd moved, got rid of Virgin Media and all that sort of stuff, and then we'll sign up for it. So we're like, well, maybe we'll rent it from from Amazon Prime. No, it was like 10 quid to rent. And I was like, so 16 quid to buy. I'm not doing that. So that yeah. basically stopped us from doing the MCU rework for about <laughs> two to three months. <laughs> this is just stuck at Iron Man 3. I think my, my wife kept saying, like, can we just skip it? And I was like, no, I really want to rewatch it. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, that put us on hold for a little while. In the end, we just caved and got Disney Plus. So yeah. we've now caught up. Endgame was probably going to be watched over the weekend. Rewatched Captain Marvel last weekend. Much better than I remember it being. So, really? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a really solid movie, like, you know, a solid three and a half star movie, but, uh, you know, or three star movie. But I really enjoyed it on my second watch. I thought it was really, really cool. Uh, yeah. I, I thought I, I bloody loved um, uh, Brie Larson as Carol Danvers. I thought she was really, really cool. So, yeah, I, I bumped it up to four stars in my ratings. It's now above Age wow. of Ultron in my rankings. That seems fair. Age of Ultron is not very good. No, um, and it really doesn't hold up in rewatches either. I think, mm. I think the first hour is good. And then. It's basically yeah. great up until Ultron arrives. Or yeah. even like the even the first scene with Ultron is great. It's not that great from then on. Yeah, yeah. Ultron's a bit pants. And the th- the thing I hate about early MCU movies, I say early MCU movies, it's mainly just Age of Ultron because I think in Avengers it was charming. 
in Age of Ultron, it's really grating. Everyone makes jokes. It's a Joss Whedon oh, problem. It's a proper Everyone makes thing. jokes. It's so uh, annoying. Okay. So me and my wife are re-watching Buffy at the moment, Jim, I've, I've mentioned on the podcast before, and I've realized what the problem is with Joss Whedon MCU movies. Every character is Xander. Like, there's no <laughs> And every single... Because Xander's role in Buffy is to make jokes. Like, Giles will say something serious, Buffy will say something serious, Willow will say something serious, and then Xander will be like, <laughs> yuck, 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 I'm Xander. By the way, he's the worst. Absolutely mm-hmm. the worst character in that show. He's dreadful. And yet, Age of Ultron, everyone's Xander. Like, there's no Buffy. There's no Giles. Everyone is Xander. And it's yeah. really... I, I hate the fact that you have these really emotional scenes and then all of a sudden it's going to go, whacka whacka, punchline. It's like, no, yeah. we don't need a punchline to that. And the annoying thing is, everyone makes jokes. And everyone makes jokes in the same way. They're yes. all the same jokes all the time. Oh, Xander. Oh, it's Xander. so annoying. <laughs> really grated on me when I watched Age of Ultron. I was like, this is a generic movie. I did, yeah. in fairness. I also felt the same about Captain Marvel. It was fine. I thought it was, it was a fine. solid MCU movie. There you go. Yeah. I didn't really have my, really? Many, many other thoughts the one time I watched it. Nope. I was going to say, give it a second watch. I think it is actually, mm. it, it, it is a film that benefits a repeat. Because uh, I, yeah, I, I think it, it really holds up in a second rewatch. Yeah. Um, not so much for the Dark World. That film's really boring. <laughs> it is boring, that. Oh, that is boring. Yeah. I'll tell you what as well, one thing that I would really want to rewatch is Iron Man 3, because I've only seen it once, and the one time I watched it, I did not like it. I mm. thought it was a bit pants. Um, and, you know, everyone says that, oh, if you don't like Iron Man 3, it's because you read the comics and you don't like the change with the Mandarin. I've never read a bloody comic. I just didn't like the Mandarin change. I was really invested in Ben Kingsley's Mandarin, and I was like, oh, that's a bit, it's a bit yeah. not great. He's, mm. I just didn't like that whole twist. I didn't like the villains being like, we have fire. We're fire people. And then yeah. he was like, I'm the Mandarin and I can breathe fire. And also your all your Iron Man suits are made of paper now. Uh I don't know. I just uh, didn't like it. Yeah. I I really, really enjoyed it on this rewatch that we've been doing recently. I saw it uh twice on the same day. I went to two different press screenings on the same day. Wow. Uh, I went to one at uh, the Disney offices in the morning and then saw it again in Leicester Square in the evening. Um, because Disney had given us like tickets to go to to both um, press screenings, mm-hmm. and uh, the first time I saw it, like my jaw was just like it hit the floor with the twists with that reveal. I was like, "Huh." So it wasn't a Disney Square; it was a Soho screening room, and my jaw just sort of hit the floor, like, "Huh." Well, that <laughs> certainly, as someone who has read the comics, like, well, that certainly is that's going to split opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then when I saw it the second time on you know that same day. I was just like I was just listening to the audience reaction to and like you it was like there was like this ripple. Some people think it was hilarious, other people being like, huh? And I've I've kind of always had a bit mixed feelings on it. But on this most recent rewatch, I was like, that's a really good movie, actually. Really, really enjoyed mm. it. It's gone massively up in my estimations. Yeah. I just thought Tony Stark was a bit of an idiot in that movie. So it's like he's supposed yeah. to be super smart and he's just kind of dumb. He's like, come fight me. And also I'm going to put no defenses on my house and I'm going to make sure that the people I love are still in my house so they get blown up too. Hey, that's because he's making mistakes, mate. That's because he's struggling. He went into space and he's all he's all freaked out by it. Just because you've gone into space doesn't mean you become an idiot. He makes he's he's making mistakes, Pete. It's character development. It's a character. It's not. It's not. It's him being dumb. Yeah. That's a character. Anyway, um, let's <laughs> get back to a close. 
Um, it's been bloody lovely doing the podcast with you this week. Um, I've got to do it with Davis next week, unfortunately. Um, no, yeah. Wait, are you on? Yeah. Are you on SmackDown Saturday? Oh yes, or is that that's right. We're doing SmackDown together. You're absolutely oh, right. yeah. We're do SmackDown together, Pete. That's yeah, save we the do. weekend question for you then. Oh, well. Ask me what I'm doing this weekend, Pete. <laughs> What are you doing this weekend, Luke? I'm doing the SmackDown review with you, Pete. That's what I'm doing, mate. I'm helping out with the news in the morning, then I'm watching SmackDown, and then I'm going to do the SmackDown podcast with you. We're so professional. <laughs> anyway, that's all we've got time for. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow as well with Denise Salcedo with the magazine show, uh, talking about the controversial opinions that Hershey's chocolate is gross and disgusting, uh, and probably some wrestling chat as well. And then, yeah, me and, uh, me and Pete doing the SmackDown review. Clash of Champions is also this Sunday, and we'll have a review oh, show God. of that on the Monday. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.